0: You may be seated. So, how many of you have been mountain climbing? Mountain climbing. Okay, I want to make a difference. There's a difference between rock climbing, which is going up rocks and using ropes and all of those things, and mountain climbing, actually going up to peaks, okay? So, have you been mountain climbing up to peaks? Good. A few times, all right. I've gone, uh, when I was a much younger man, in much better health, all of those things. My knees were still working, all of those things. Uh, we did used to go, I used to go mountain climbing. I've climbed San Gregorio, uh, which is the highest peak in South, um, South California, Southern California, right? It's over 12,000 feet. Uh, I've climbed uh, several peaks up in uh, Yosemite. I've even climbed the Matterhorn. Of course, that's the one in California, not the one in Switzerland, but um, <laughs> yes. But the Matterhorn in California is actually, I wrote it down, it's 12,285 feet. So it's uh, higher than San Gorgonio down here. So um, there's just something about climbing to the top of a mountain. It's just invigorating. Maybe it's because there's less oxygen up there. So you're <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But... But um, there's this wonder of once you get to the very top, you're like, you start, you, the view, it's incredible, right? There's nothing blocking your view in any direction once you get to the top of a peak. It's just incredible. And I don't, for those of you that have gone to the top of real peaks, um, there's like this coffee tin at the top that's upside down. And when you look inside, there's a pad of paper and a pencil, a nub, of a pencil, and people write their names and the date to let people know when they were there. So the Matterhorn in California has my name written down in uh, (laughs) 1922 or something like that. Um, So uh, but peaks are also symbols, right? When you get to the top of a peak, it's kind of a symbol of being able to see clearly and have a vision for the future and where you're headed. And that's what I want to talk about today, that kind of symbolic idea of getting to a mountaintop and um, seeing into the future and what the future looks like. In fact, the last speech that Martin Luther King Jr. gave is sometimes called the I've been to the mountaintop speech because he clearly understood what the future held for them. And he actually, he was a good pastor, reverend doctor, Martin Luther King, he actually talked about Moses and Moses going to the top of the mountain and being able to see the promised land, that vision for the future. Um, And yet Moses never made it to the promised land and neither did Martin Luther King make it to the vision that he saw America could be if we worked at it. And so... um, so I want to talk about that a little bit, what that vision means, what that vision looks like. And so I asked the question for our church, for our congregation, what are we doing here? Why are we here? What's our purpose here? What's our goal to be here? Why does this church exist? Why do we continue? We've been here since 1882. You'd think we'd get it right by now. What are we doing here? Um, and where are we going? So I'd be interested in getting feedback. What do you all think? Why are we here? What's the purpose of the church? And if you're visiting, you can just think, what's the purpose of the local church? Why does the local church exist? What? Worship God. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So bring God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness to the city of Santa Ana. Yes. Good coffee and donuts afterwards. And donuts afterwards. We call that fellowship. But yes, <laughs> I have a friend who's a pastor and she wrote an article said, uh, that was titled something like, I'm a Presbyterian pastor because of donuts. Because she first started coming to the church for donuts. Yeah. Read and know his word. To understand his word. Good. To read and know his word. Good. Good. To be full of Him, full of Christ, right? Yeah, good. All that's good. Yeah. To that, be an okay. To. Yeah. Awesome. And what God's doing in the world, right? So, so what Carol's saying is that we can be an example. We show God's light to the world around us, right? That that when we sing that "Build Your Kingdom" here, I love it. I love it. I love it. And then we get to the the line of we are the hope on earth, we the church, and I sit there and go, oh, (laughs) how are we doing on that? (laughs) Are we really the hope or are we kind of a grumpy group of people? Um, So I, I, uh, I take that very seriously when we sing that, because I think it's important for us to be reminded that we are to be an example to the earth, to the people around us, of who Christ is and what Christ longs for us as human beings. That's good. Um, one of the comments I made last week was that part of what I believe the church is meant to be doing is creating a, kind of a return to the Garden of Eden, that we go back to what God intended from the very start. So, and I think that that's what Jesus meant when he taught his disciples to pray. And that's why your whole service actually is based on the Lord's Prayer. With the the call to worship, we recited the Lord's Prayer as part of that. Each uh, uh, transition in the service, if you look at your bulletin, is um, written about the Lord's Prayer. It's actually taken from the Lord's Prayer. The service itself is an outline of the Lord's Prayer. And that line when we sing, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Part of what we're supposed to be doing is establishing God's kingdom here on earth. Doing everything we can to do that. Um, And what does that look like? Well, we look to heaven. And I've preached on this before, but just a reminder. We look to heaven. What does heaven look like? Because that's our example of what we're supposed to be establishing here on earth. So we look past to the Garden of Eden, and we look forward to heaven, and we say, okay, in the present, how can we establish that here? That's our goal. That's, what, that's the kingdom that we're meant to be building here on earth. So we come to what's known as a vision statement. Um, our board of elders has recently Uh, adopted a new vision and mission statement for First Presbyterian Church Santa Ana that came out of the past couple of years of study and research that I did for my doctorate but also did for the benefit of our church family. And so what's a vision statement? A vision statement outlines what an organization wants to be in the future. It's that sitting on the mountaintop and looking and saying, ah, that's what we're supposed to be like. It's Martin Luther King saying, I see the future. So what do we want to be in five years? I know the first comment, bigger. We'll eat more donuts. No. um, But what do we want to look like? What what do we want as a body, as a as a congregation, as an organization? Having a vision statement is incredibly important to any organization. I love the verse in Proverbs 29 that Tom read earlier. Where there is no prophecy, the people cast off restraint. Now, that word prophecy is kind of hard uh, for us to translate. Um, The the Hebrew word is kazon. Kazon. I know it sounds like an Italian dish. Um, What would you want for dinner? I'll have a cazón, please. Um, But it it means prophetic vision, revelation, divine guidance, vision. So uh, one way that we might translate this is where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. And restraint is kind of like the reins on a horse. Have you ever been on a horse without reins? If the horse is not well-trained, the horse just goes where it will, right? And that's what happens when there's no vision. When there's no vision statement, congregations just kind of go, you know, wherever. And everybody has their own kind of idea of what they think the church should be. And it becomes a bit chaotic and a bit divisive and people kind of get in arguments and complain about things. Um, so where there is no vision or prophecy or divine communication, uh, there is the people cast off restraint. the the restraint there is um, they kind of let go or they're left alone to their own devices. Um, One translation puts it this way, without vision, people are left to themselves. I like that. Rick Warren quotes a, a different translation that says, without vision, the people perish. Without vision, the people perish. Or as he gives his own translation, he says, or... Without vision, the people find another (laughs) parish. Okay? So if we don't have a good, strong vision statement that everybody says, yeah, that's good, I like that, I agree with that, then we're lost, right? Philippians 3.14 kind of gives us this idea of the importance of a vision. Paul says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. This is what we're striving for, right? Right? This is where we're going. A vision statement not only sets our goals, but it also unifies us. Paul later says, let those of us then who are mature be of the same mind. Those of you who are immature can have different ideas. But us mature people will agree, will be of the same mind. Hopefully, a good, strong vision statement unifies us. It gives us a sense of, yeah, that's what we're supposed to be about. We all agree to this. That's what we want to be. Then we get to this passage in Luke, chapter 11, verse 33. It's a tough one, talking about the eyes or the window to the soul and all of those things. And every time I read that, I get a little confused. This past week was the first time that I started reading it and seeing it a little differently when I started to think of it as a vision or purpose or goal. When we start looking at the eyes as that. Jesus says, no one after lighting a lamp, now think of that lamp as being... That mountaintop peak experience, puts it in a cellar, but on the lampstand, so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. Think of the eye as your vision statement. Your eye is the lamp of your body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if it is not healthy, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, consider whether the light in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, with no part of it in darkness, it will be as full of light as when a lamp gives you light with its rays. Now let me give you the Lance translation. No one, after writing a vision statement, puts it on a shelf in the church library. But they put it in the bulletin, and they remind everybody of it, and they repeat it over and over so that everyone who comes to church can see it and hear it and agree to it. Your vision statement is the lamp of your body, the church. If your vision statement is healthy, your whole body is full of light. If it is not healthy, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, consider whether the vision statement in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is directed by your vision statement, with no part of it in darkness, it will be as full of light as when a lamp gives you light with its rays." So a good, strong vision statement provides clarity of purpose, sets your goals, and unifies the people. Right? Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. So you don't just look at the peak and say, wow, I want to go there. You have to set your course before you get up there. So our vision may be this, but we have to figure out how to get there and that's what a mission statement does. The vision statement says, this is where we wanna go, this is where we wanna be, but the mission statement says, okay, how are we going to get there? Trust me, I have climbed mountains. I know if you don't plan your way up, you can die, if you're not paying attention. So you have to coordinate your route. You have to look at what other people have done. You have to look at the map and say, okay, this works or this doesn't work. You have to look at the mountain and say, okay. So you have to figure out your strategy to get to the top of the peak. In the same way, you can put your vision statement up here, but you have to understand how to get there. And that's what the mission statement does. How are we going to get to where we want to be? We're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to follow this path. So you set your path. So that's what we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks. Um, all this research and this doctoral dissertation that I wrote and all of those things can just go up on the shelf or we can say, okay, it's going to make a difference in our church. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. One of the elders kind of came up and said, hey, I think it will be really important for us to have a sermon series on our new vision statement and our, on our new mission statement so we all are on the same page. So that's what we're doing. I think that's a great idea. According to Bain and uh, Company, a vision statement outlines what an organization wants to be in the future, while a mission statement outlines the tangible steps that are being taken in the present to reach that future goal. Okay, We all on the same page so far? All right. So after a couple of years, uh, I already said that. Um, So I want to be very clear. The vision statement and the mission statement were not written by me. They were written by some of our elders who then brought it to the board of elders, and the board of elders uh, had wrestling matches over it and did some arm wrestling and said, yeah, I don't like this word. And and one person even said, why are we arguing about words? And everybody said, because this is important, because this establishes who we are and what we want to do in the future, moving forward as a congregation. So um, I... Didn't bring my bulletin down. Uh, Here it is. No, it's not. Something else. Somebody have a bulletin I can borrow. Yeah, there you go. So, um, what I want you to do is turn in your bulletin to the page that has the vision statement. Tom read it earlier. So it's on the page that says, Thy will be done, about two-thirds of the way down, okay? So let's read that together, the affirmation of vision. In Santa Ana, we strive to see people from every culture and from every generation connect with Jesus Christ. And with one another. That's what we see as the future of this church. Striving to see people from every culture and from every generation connecting with Jesus Christ and with one another. It's simple. It's powerful. It's deep. And it does talk about who we are. I'll talk more about the vision statement next Sunday. But this is more of a uh, introduction to this series. Here's my challenge to you this week I want you to take your bulletin home I want you to read that statement every day every morning start your day with that now a good vision statement and a good mission statement is what we call transferable so that means it's it's equally good for our congregation and our organization as it is for the individual. So consider that. In my house, I strive to see people from every culture and from every generation connect with Jesus Christ and with one another. Do you like that? Is that something that you could say, yeah, that's what I want at my house? I want people to feel welcome. I want people from all cultures and generations, from little bambinos all the way up to great-grandparents, all connecting with Jesus Christ and with one another. I want that for my house, and I want that for our church. So that's why a good vision statement is transferable. So read this statement every day consider how it applies to First Presbyterian Church, and then consider how it applies to you in your own life. May this be a guide for us in the days ahead as we look forward and make decisions here at First Presbyterian Church. Final comment. Paul reminds us that all of us should be growing in Jesus Christ, growing up into Him who is the head of the church. And so In all areas of life, in our own discipleship, Jesus Christ should be our vision. Jesus Christ should be our goal. Jesus Christ should be our purpose for this church and for us as individuals. And so that's why in response to God's word to us today, we're going to sing that great hymn of the faith, Be Thou My Vision. And uh, once our musicians are ready to go, I'm going to invite you to sing that